0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off of everything in the store. Ooh welcome everyone to the nba gambling podcast part of the sports gambling podcast network it is friday evening currently 804 on the east coast here to talk about the four game schedule on saturday in the nba playoffs currently on our screens we're watching the atlanta and the boston celtics game getting closer to halftime but Here to help me break down the betting card for the Saturday games. You guys know him as a voice of the tennis gambling podcast, the NFL gambling podcast, the WNBA gambling podcast. And of course, here on the NBA gambling podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man?
1: No, Nothing much. Uh, Just sweating out player props. For some reason, everybody, I bet, on unders just decides to go nuts in the first five minutes of games. But we'll see what happens. And besides that, made a tennis podcast earlier today. So I've been keeping busy.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's been a busy Friday for me as well. I think you guys are my fifth pod of the day. So uh, I guess to save the best for last. But also joining us, he's been grinding. He's been grinding with his real work. He's here with us on Friday night. Glad to miss you my uh, this week, my man. What's going on, brother?
2: Yeah, man, glad to be off low management. Uh, glad to be <laughs> off. Good to be back. Uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to breaking down a card. Uh, the injury situation is is kind of puzzling with some of these. What some of these teams are going to do, but uh, still, yeah, still looking forward to getting back into the groove, man, and picking some winners. Uh, glad to be back with you guys for sure.
0: Yeah, we got four games on the schedule for Saturday, like I mentioned. Uh, Obviously, we'll handicap each one like we usually do. Um, Like I mentioned, we're in the midst of getting close to halftime between the Celtics and the Hawks. Hawks currently have a... They just hit a three in front of me. So uh, they have a nine-point lead, about two and a half minutes left um, for the Atlanta Hawks. Turning into a barn burner here, they already have 70 points in the first half to the Atlanta Hawks. But... Uh, Guys, four games on the schedule on Saturday. Let's just dive right into it. First game on the board. It's going to be early start. Uh, It's going to be a one o'clock Eastern start between the Philadelphia 76ers. They are in Brooklyn looking up to wrap up this series uh, and officially make it a sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I currently see the line is at five and a half for the uh philadelphia 76ers here total is sitting currently at 208 and a half um this one of this series has been the one series where it's kind of been the ugly grinded out type of series points have been at a premium um defensive intensity has been up or maybe just brooklyn's offense just it's not good enough right now uh at this juncture of the season um because they really just don't have a really true score. It's a lot of wing guys on this team. But Scott, let me start with you here. It looked like in game three was the opportunity for the Brooklyn Nets to win that game or win a game in this series. Uh, But they just had a dejected look on their face after that game was over. Um, I think the series is over tomorrow. What are your thoughts on the spread here?
1: I think the series is over as well. Uh, Simply put, the Nets were basically handed the game on a platter. Uh, Harden got ejected. I think Embiid should have, but still, the point is is that they had a great chance to win the game. And then uh, they choked. No other way around it. They scored one point in the final two-plus minutes, and they ended up getting outscored. I believe it was 11-1 to in that stretch. They were up Mm -hmm. five with a couple minutes to go, and they choked it. This team can't score, just simply put. I mean, you're looking at the supporting cast. Dinwoody actually had a decent game. He was pretty bad down the stretch, but he had a decent game. Uh, you're looking at uh, Royce O'Neal, who had the bad turnover on the inbound, but he still wasn't exactly that productive. Uh, Finney Smith hit one shot. He wasn't that good either. Uh, Bridges was fine, I guess. Claxton was fine, but then he got ejected. Uh, yeah, just the at the end of the day, the Nets don't have many weapons, and I am a little bit concerned about Embiid's injury, so I'm curious how effective he's going to be or if he'll be able to move that much, but still... I just don't think the Nets have enough scoring options. Max, can do whatever he wants. Uh, Harden was doing well before he got ejected. He had 21 points, I believe. But I think at the end of the day, I'm looking at a team that really is just outmatched. So I'm going to go with Philly here. I think they get swept. I think Lante. the Nets get
2: swept.
0: Uh, a bit of a little – oh, sorry, but Lante, before I get to you. Uh, maybe surprise or no surprise, but Kawhi already lo- uh, ruled out for tomorrow. But we'll make get to that game. Handicap,
2: yeah, make my handicap very, very much different.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to that game uh, right after we're done with this one. But uh, Delonte, kind of get, get your thoughts on game three, on what you saw there, and then uh, your uh, thoughts on game four here as Philly is favored by five and a half points.
2: Yeah, I mean, I echo all of what you guys have said. Um, it's just that the, I don't get what the Nets are trying to accomplish. Like the doubles is clearly killing them, Like and Vaughn hasn't adjusted. Like you said, I think if they were going to win a game, it was going to be that game three. Uh, they didn't win it. Scott mentioned the, you know, I guess the poor look on their faces and how they were pretty much in shock that they. Um, I don't know if they were in shock that they didn't cover the game or if they were in shock because they just lost the game outright. So, but either way, I, I think they're just a little bit overmatched here, which I'm um, pretty much all of us thought uh, in the beginning. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much over. It just depends on how bad the Sixers want to come out and beat them. Um, Scott mentioned the Embiid injury. I do. Think that that'll, that he'll be more so limited depending on how the game flow go, goes. So I'll be looking to attack some Paul Reed stuff. But overall, man, I don't think the, the Nets might lay down. If the Sixers come out and can withstand that first wave and the first quarter that Nets hitting a couple shots, they'll, they'll lay down. I think they'll lay down. So I, I like the Sixers laying the five and a half.
0: I asked Chris this on the propcast today. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. Um, what are your thoughts on if? Should they sit and beat in this game? Or do you just go for the kill and, and just sweep the series and not have to worry about playing? That's a good Because one. he is dealing with all those injuries, right?
2: Yeah, I guess, I guess you see how he looks starting off. And then you kind of monitor what's going on and how the game is flowing. And if you get up big, I would kind of like sit him or try to stagger his minutes, uh, maybe not play him as much. I'm not sure his minute count was in the last game. I don't know if you have that in front of you or not. Uh, I can get it. Yeah, so I'm not sure what he played, um, uh, but I would probably cut that like in the thirds. Cause I mean, technically they don't really need him to be able to withstand some of the things that the Nets do. They actually might benefit them a lot more because they'll get out and start running and let Maxi run the show. Um, and they'll be, it, you know, a little bit more downsized.
0: Yeah, he played 38 in the last game.
2: Yeah, so I would definitely I, he wouldn't play he wouldn't play over thirty for me. Like if I if I was Rivers, I wouldn't play him over thirty. Because I mean you gotta forecast to the next to the next series. So, losing him, you know, pretty much the season's done after a few losing b So, it's the, it's kind of that question of rest over Do You kind of want to get him out there so he gets in a little bit more rhythm and not play him as much or do you want to like you said go for the kill? Um, I'm in the camp of seeing how the game flows and starting him out, you know, as regular and then kind of staggering his minutes seeing how each of these guys do. So, um I I guess that's kind of a cop out answer, but I would probably just play him like 22 to 25 minutes.
0: Scott, any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, For me, I think Philly would potentially win either way. I think they're going to use Embiid just because if they win this game, then they're off for basically a week and change anyway. Mm -hmm. So they might just go for it, but I would limit his minutes. Uh, Embiid, you can make an argument, has been effective as kind of a decoy in a way because of the fact Mm -hmm. that you're looking at how – Embiid has been doubled every time he has the ball no matter how far away he is from the basket yeah I think it's a really dumb strategy especially with Embiid being injured but still they're mm-hmm. going to keep doing it right. so maybe you can tell Embiid to be more of a decoy in this game and go from there but in reality I'm not sure if it matters the Nets once again just cannot score the basketball
0: yeah I mean it just sounds like that as if, if the Sixers score 102 points like we're not like that's that's all they need to do because the nets have been inept on offense they got to 101 in, in game one but games two and three was it 84 and, and 97 points for uh for the brooklyn Nets. so defensively you got to give the sixers a lot of credit for what they've been able to do it almost seems like an obvious answer here maybe let's get over to the total here uh 208 and a half scott any chance of this getting over this number
1: there's a chance. I'm not going to take the over. I'm going with the under <laughs> because the Nets, once again, just aren't a good offensive team. Uh, but I think that Philly, with Embiid being injured, and even Harden kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit in yeah. the last game before he left, I think they're going to have to play slow because Embiid cannot run up and down the court, and that was when he was healthy. But now with the injuries, I don't exactly see his uh, ability to run up and down the court get improving under any circumstance. But I do think at the end of the day, you're going to see a slower pace because of the injuries with that Philly's dealing with. I like the under in this game.
0: Delante total? Yeah, I'm leaning
2: to the under, but I can kind of see if it can go over depending upon what they do with MB. Uh Like Scott said, with him in the lineup, they're not going to want to push the pace. But with him out of the lineup, they probably would be able to you know, dictate some pace, and that could lead to some you know, easy buckets for both teams. So I can kind of see uh, a way for the over. I know I'm not going to bid it, but I would – i much rather play the under, thinking that both teams will have trouble scoring. But I can see a path to the over if they downsize and Embiid plays that 22 to 25-minute threshold and Paul Reeves in the game. Now, Paul Reeves obviously not a gazelle by any means, but he yeah. actually is faster and can run up and down the court faster than Embiid. So that might benefit the over here. Uh, I'm not going to take the chance because obviously we don't know um, 100% what Doc is going to do uh-huh. with Embiid. So um, for that reason, I'll go to the under.
0: All right, let's get over to some player props in this game. Uh Delonte, lead us off. What do you like in this game?
2: Uh, I like uh two two player props actually. So I'm liking um I'm like a Tobias Harris under 14 and a half points. I think that he's been playing extremely well um, the past three games. I think some of that comes back down or I think he comes back down to earth. Um, the doubling of Embiid obviously is getting these guys wide, literally wide open looks. So they're pretty much uh, practice shoot, like shooting practice for him. So I think that kind of comes to a halt with Embiid, Hobbled, and they might not be able to double him as much or might not have to. Um, so for that reason, I like him under 14 and a half points. Um, what's the other one that I had? Um, my bad. Oh, Cam Johnson over 17 and a half points. So he's averaging yep. 21 um, in the series. He's shooting 50% from three. I mean, he is the only one that, I mean, even Bridges at times just. Looks like he's just like tired and he looks like more because he's doing more defensively, obviously, than Cam Johnson. So I think that Cam is is in for another big night. Um, the Sixers, I, I don't know how motivated they'll be. Now, they should be highly motivated to get that rest and close them out. But I like Cam Johnson to be able to get some wide open looks and, and knock down a couple threes. So I like him over um, his point total. Uh, Scott,
0: player props.
1: Well, uh, taking centers under has not worked out, but I feel like I have to lean to Embiid <laughs> under. I mean, at the end of the day, he's gone under in every game. Uh, you're looking at the back injury now, uh, the flopping on the floor, which the refs weren't exactly falling for uh, in mm-hmm. game three. I just feel like with everything Embiid's dealing with and the fact that the Nets are double-teaming him on every touch anyway, even though we think it's a dumb idea, yeah, I feel like his points prop still going to be based on reputation. Now, it's going to be moved down a little bit, but... He had what, like ten points halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, like yeah, of Game yeah. Three. Like he wasn't even close. I, mm-hmm. I feel like based on how the Nets have defended him, and once again the back being an issue, I have to at least mention him beat unders.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I see 27 and a half right now for his point yeah.
1: Like, how does that make sense based on how he's played the first three games?
0: Yeah. So everybody go play uh and beat a score 30 tomorrow since Scott likes Pretty it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I was looking at Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think obviously he's been the beneficiary with these double teams. Uh and he's also getting the three-point shot uh shot um looks as well. He's attempted 21 three-point shots alone over the last two games. He's knocked down five and six. He's had a total of 40 field goal attempts as well. And again, the game on Thursday, a lot of it has to do with um, James Harden being ejected from that game. But I think that this is going to be an opportunity that if we're, if we're thinking that Embiid's minutes are limited or if they continue double teaming him, you know, Maxi has to be that one guy that gets over his point total. I currently see that at 20 and a half. Uh, he's put up 25 and 33 in the uh, last two games the Sixers his three-point prop is at two and a half but it's a little bit juiced at minus 140 um I don't hate that if you want to buy that up to uh maybe four makes uh you could get some uh better odds on that but I think that was the one that I was looking at agree about Cam Johnson as well uh he's looked like the one consistent player at least for the um that's in this series as far as uh points prop goes um anything else for this game guys
1: All right, I, um, I, I don't. I don't think I have much now.
0: No. Okay. All right. Before we continue the conversation here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've already got NFL, ball drafts with a guaranteed. Half a million dollars in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. It must be a slow night over at the SGPN headquarters because uh, Sean Green, our esteemed leader in boss, is checking in. Saying that uh feels like it might be a Harden game and Maxi has been balling. So, yeah, can't argue with uh, either one of those. I know we talked about Harden uh, dealing with some injuries, so he may not be as effective. But um I, I agree 100% about Maxi. All right, guys, let's go over to the next game of the night or the afternoon, I should say. It's going to be a 3.30 Eastern start. We have the Phoenix Suns. They are in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Currently seeing the Suns, and this should be an updated number based on what I just said about Kawhi Leonard, already ruled out for this game. This number is now up to 7.5 in favor of the uh, Phoenix Suns. Total has not moved down. Um, I think half a point here. Let me double check. Just trying to get this banner updated for you guys. Uh, total is at 225. So it's down about uh, one and a half points from what it was posted at. Um, let's start with a side here. Scott, why don't you lead us off minus seven and a half in favor of the Clippers against, or against the Clippers in LA.
1: I think it's pretty tricky because Phoenix is clearly the more talented team. But that was also the case in Game 3, and they just straight up let Norman Powell go for 40-plus points, and Westbrook went for 30-12-8, I believe. It feels like Phoenix knows that they're the better team, but they just don't have the defensive focus that they need, or maybe the personnel. I'm not really sure. But either way, defensively, the Suns have left a lot to be desired in this series. So my favorite play is the over. I don't see much defense being played in this uh, game, especially with Quiet being out. The Clippers don't really have any good defenders on the roster now. Besides... A little bit of Terrence Mann. They play Covington four minutes. Does that count as good defensive uh, play for four sorry minutes?
0: Sorry before I interrupt you. Uh, Joel Embiid ruled out for Saturday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what I, we can put that into the pod. So, uh, sorry, go ahead and keep going with this game.
1: Uh, I think for the sake of personnel and everything, I think I have to link to Phoenix. At the end of the day, Booker went for 40 and change, and I still don't think the Clippers can guard him. In fact, I know for a fact they can't guard him. <laughs> Durant at some point can go for 40 at any time, and nobody would be shocked. Chris Paul hasn't exactly shot the ball well. Eaton, we know, can have some moments here. The Clippers did start to go smaller, which I recommended in the last podcast, and it kind of worked out well for them. But the game was close because Norman Powell and Westbrook combined for 70-plus points. I think Durant yeah. and Booker combining for 70 are is a bit more likely, hot take. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Suns here. I'm expecting either Powell or Westbrook to fall back down to earth, and I think with that being the case, the Suns probably win this game by double digits. But I think the Clippers hang in there for probably a couple quarters, and then the Suns blow it open late, and I think they win by, like, twelve.
0: I think when we talk about when it comes down to clutch time, obviously we trust the big three or two and a half, if you want to say, of the uh, sons more, right? Devin Booker, yeah. Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, he's good in clutch time as well. But yeah, I, I just don't see a scenario where Norman Powell drops another 42 points uh, in this game. Um, and again, what's what's the mentality for this Clippers team? I know it you know got to be defeated. You know, yeah, like you're, you don't, you didn't have Paul George coming into this series. Now, Kawhi Leonard's going to miss back to back games with a knee injury. And it's just kind of kill. I mean, you know, all the guys, the guys are going to say all the right stuff, like, hey, man, yeah, next man up, you know, we're a team here, or whatever the case might be. But when you don't have your two best players, it's, it's difficult. And you know, the efforts that some of these guys are putting up, like we just talked about Norman Powell putting up 42 points in a losing effort, it, 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 it I, I think it deflates you a little bit. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, but Jelante spread. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like uh, like Scott said. I like I like the um the Suns long
2: term. Like as far as covering the number, uh, first quarter, first half. I'll be on the Clippers. Uh, it's a quick turnaround, uh, which is probably likely an advantage for the Clippers. You know, they're a deeper team. They got more bodies throughout. Booker and Katie are playing the most minutes per game in the playoffs. CP3 is eight. Um, so they got three guys in the top ten of minutes played. Obviously, we know their depth issues are concerned. Um, and I just think the Clippers will come out. They'll have, you know, the I guess the, uh, what's it called, like the the bump of, you know, Kawhi being out again. Mm-hmm. It's the same number essentially as the close was in game three. So I don't think there's much of a difference um, if, like Scott said, I mean, obviously, you know, Booker's going to do him. KD, I don't think has had a, like, good offensive game. Maybe he's had a decent one, but he hasn't had a, like, oh, okay, we had a KD game. Um, If that makes sense. So I think that he's in line to go for, you know, 35 to 40 and Chris Paul has been struggling. He's passing up open shots. He's not hitting his mid range jumpers. Um, So maybe that comes to fruition a little bit more. Um, I look for KD to put his impress on this game and knowing he could get some rest. They both, they all can get some practice time together, get more continuity. So I think that they come out a little bit sluggish at first and Mm -hmm. then the Clippers, you know, lay down a little bit because there's only so much you can do. Like you said, Monof, without their two best players, I mean, it's got to be, like, as a, as a team, it's got to be, like, demoralizing, especially after yeah. how well you played in game one. Like, that was one of the better games that they played as a team I've seen all year, even without Paul George. So, that's got to be somewhat defeating to to know that you're not going to be without both of your leaders and two of the best players in the NBA. So yeah, I think that gets I think that gets to him here. Uh, I'll lay the points with the Suns, but I'll be on the Clippers first quarter, first half for sure.
0: It's funny we say we haven't seen like KD statement game, but he's like casually putting like a 28, 25, right, or 27 right. in the first right. three games. It's because right. we're just so used to him, like when he was with Brooklyn and you know Kyrie and our harden weren't there because of injuries and things like that. That we're just so used to him putting up like 35 plus a game. Where now with Phoenix, he doesn't have to do that, right? Like we talked about, like Devin Booker is there. Like Booker had what 45 last night yeah. um in 45 minutes, and then you know, you got contributions from uh Torrey Craig and some clutch three-point shots. So you know, we might get this Kevin Durant game here in game four for uh, for the Phoenix Suns where he drops, you know, 35, 40-plus like Devin Booker did in game three. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think this is the Suns. Like, you know, Clippers do their best to keep it close within three and a half quarters. And eventually, I just think that the uh, Phoenix Suns pull away. Uh, Current total is sitting at 225. We've seen a minimum of 225 points in each of the three games so far. Um, Game three finished up with 253 points, 232 in game two, and then um, 225 in game one. Scott, thoughts on the total? We continue seeing uh, points in the series, or do you think it slows down?
1: Yeah, my favorite play in the game is the over, or at least Sun's team total over. I haven't seen either team really try to stop the other team in this game. And Phoenix knows at the end of the day, they got Booker and KD, who once again can combine for Edie at any point. I don't see much defense with especially Kwai being out and, and Westbrook being the main guy. They play faster because Westbrook mm-hmm. wants to play fast. I see Pace being a factor here. Clippers went a bit smaller, so I do think they're going to go even faster because Zubak might play less. Uh, but I am going to go with the over in this game. Until I see somebody guard somebody, I'm going to take the over.
2: All
0: right. Uh, Delonte, total?
2: Yeah, I'm with you on the over. Uh, Scott actually brought up a, a brilliant point earlier when you said about the – the Clippers playing smaller in the fourth quarter, they were playing basically like Terrence Mann as their five. Yeah, uh, the super, I, I thought it was gonna be small. Batum
1: who played the five on the podcast,
2: but the idea stayed the same. Super, super, super small, and they're able to get out and run, spreading the floor out a lot more. Uh, the Suns, I, I guess that what they were trying to do was basically like wear down the starters, but it just wasn't working because Booker was hitting everything, so it kind of didn't matter. Uh, but the idea was pretty brilliant for them to go that small and create mismatches because they basically have to take Aiton off the floor because he can't guard either Batum or Man. So, kind of kind of a smart plan. And the they were the pace was just up and down. So I agree with the over. Uh, more so, the Suns team total over because I don't think the Clippers will be able to stop them once they get geared up. So if you kind of want to go first half under, uh, second half over that might be correlated also being, you know, with the quick turnaround the suns being pretty much lethargic coming out. Uh, that's maybe another place to play it, but overall, like the the total going over.
0: I did think campaign was uh, questionable officially. Um, I don't know if that makes a difference. Now, obviously it helps having another body. Yeah, out I think there, it does yeah. someone to, you know, have a, uh, yeah. another ball handler out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause Chris Ball hasn't played uh, the minutes, obviously that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have played. He's played 35, 32 and 33. Um, but again, if you get campaign back, I think that's only a boost for this team that has kind of been lacking and been thin on the bench, but player props to this game, Scott, lead us off anything that you do like. Overs on either
1: Booker or Durant. I, I'm trying to think of what adjustment the Clippers are going to make. Are they just going to start double teaming Booker? Like I, 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 mean, I don't know. They're screwed either way, but you yeah. can't let the same guy go for 40, basically three straight games. So is this a Durant game? Do they start double teaming Booker or do they just let him go for 40 every time?
0: I don't think you can. I mean, look, if you double them, then Kevin Durant's going to go off for four. There's no so right
1: answer. Like, you yes, are exactly. screwed either way. They clearly don't have the personnel to guard this team. I'm just wondering, do they just blindly let Booker? Because we get talking about the adjustments the Clippers might make. Any adjustment would involve Booker not dropping a 40-piece on your head. Yeah, So, I, agree. I mean, are we looking at, at them double-team? I, I have no idea. I, I still am blindly going to go with the over on Booker and Durant, though, because – Durant's been very good in the series and he hasn't had to force anything. Mm-hmm. If Durant gets the green light to take like 20 shots in a game, he will go for 40. Yes. Like yeah. It's going to happen. He just hasn't had the volume enough because Booker can't miss.
0: All right. Yeah. Booker's points prop right now is at 30 and a half. Kevin Jesus Durant Christ. At 20, 28 and, and half. a half. Uh, any other player props, Scott?
1: Um, I mean, if I'm going to keep going with the jokes here, Zubak under uh, because, you know, why not? Uh, at the end of the day, everything I just said was they did well when they went smaller, and I think that if you use Zubach, your pick-and-roll defense on Booker is completely screwed. It's not good either way, but Zubach just doesn't have any lateral quickness, so he doesn't really have the ability to actually you know, get out there on the perimeter and force Booker into some tough shots. So I am just going to go with Zubak under because we saw it in Game 2 there's really no reason to play him that many minutes. Not to mention the fact
2: that
0: Plum is also on the roster. Yeah, I agree. Uh Delonte, player props.
2: Yeah, I'll continue that uh that trend for you, Scott, because I like eight and under 26 and a half points and rebounds combined. Uh he's under in two of the last three games. Only went over by a half a point in the game uh that he did go over. He had 27 points and rebounds. Uh the Clippers doing a really good job pushing him out the paint. And, you know, being physical with him with both of those bigs, especially with Zubak. Zubak is basically manned when he's not even there. Um, He's failed to score over 14 in the last two games, which I think is pretty much indicative of how well the Clippers front line has been doing against him. So I don't think he has much success here. Like we said, I think it's going to be a KD, Chris Paul type of game, at least from my perspective. Uh, And I'll translate that into KD over rebounds and assists, 12 and a half. Basically, in the second quarter, like, whenever um, the second quarter starts, Chris Paul basically takes a break. And he – so, Monty had – like, the first game he did with – he just left KD um, in the game and Booker and Paul sat. Then, the game two, he left uh, Booker in and KD and Chris Paul sat. In game three, he left both KD and Booker in and just let Chris Paul sit. And I think that lineup was a little bit more effective, and it allowed – uh Kevin Durant to be more involved, like ball handling duties while, you know, also crashing the glass to help out Ayton. So he's averaging 14 in the series. Uh, so I think he should be in line for a near triple double. His triple doubles at twenty-five to one, I see at DraftKings right now. So I would I would sprinkle a little bit on that. Uh, but definitely would play plays over 12 and a half uh, points. In, I mean rebounds and assists.
0: Um yeah, I agree about uh, the DeAndre Aiden play. It's just, man, they just need to get more out of him, uh, especially just kind of take that uh, pressure off of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker having to be those guys every single night. And I, not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, Devin Booker has just abs- been absolutely on fire and just the pure shot volume that he's going to get every single night. Like, you just you can't play an under with him, right? Like, because of the last two games – all three games so far he's attempted 19 22 and then last game 29 attempts uh for devin booker so yeah i'm not gonna uh, i can't take an under with devin booker um i would just go to russell westbrook man i mean obviously he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot of the usage rates goes to the roof when Kawhi leonard's not on the floor um last game without Kawhi leonard in game three 40 minutes, 11 of 23 from the floor, three of seven from three-point land. He finished up with 30 points, 12 assists in that game. Um, he's also been filling it up from the defensive stats perspective. Uh, three steals, one block in game three. He had two steals, three blocks in uh, game one, and then two blocks in game two. So if we're going to look at a blocks prop or a steals and blocks prop for uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, he's been getting it done on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Nothing, is it?
1: I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if there's anything that I actually like. Um, are we going back to Chris Paul just unders, whether it involves points, whether it involves assists? Because assists I know he's usually good at, but with Booker's offense, he's mm. mostly in isolation anyway, or he's mostly the primary ball handler for pick and rolls. So is Chris Paul yeah. really benefiting much in those situations? Because I don't know after the last two games why they wouldn't just always put the ball in Booker's hands or Durant's hands and just let him go to work.
2: Yeah, they're putting Chris Paul in the corner spot up, and so, like I'll y- take
1: the under for assists and for points because mm-hmm. once again, Chris Paul being a spot up shooter tells you at this mm-hmm. stage in his career they recognize mutually that it's better if Booker just has the ball in his hands by default.
0: Yep, I agree. I mean, he got up 18 shots in game three. Obviously, like you guys mentioned, that's because they're probably just putting him in the corner and uh, just letting him shoot. Um, his points prop is 20 or not 20. Uh, Thirteen and a half. I think the books have probably adjusted a little bit there. Yeah, it's coming down every every game. It's coming down. It yeah. was like 17 and a half, 15 yeah. and a half, and now 13 and a half. Yeah. Torrey Craig threes I don't hate. It is at one and a half at uh, minus 130. He's uh, hit two or more in all three games so far in this series. The volume is not quite there, but he's been efficient at least uh, hitting them. He's really getting those open looks as well. So uh, I don't hate that. Quickly, before we move on, I want to see what Russell Westbrook's defensive props are for this game. Uh, let's see. Steals and blocks. Westbrook is it's off the board right now because of the uh, sorry the Kawhi Leonard news. So mm-hmm. um, maybe we can chime back in uh, once they do repost the player props because of the news. All right, guys. Uh, before we get to the night games, let me tell everyone about the SGPN merch store from now till the end of the uh, month of April, in honor of the NBA playoffs, you get 10% off of anything in the SGPN merch store when you use promo code SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off of everything in the merch store grab your nba gambling podcast uh gear they have some great uh coffee mugs for a coffee drinker uh hoodies t-shirts i know they on uh monday they dropped the uh tribute t-shirt to mike leach so he's he was a great friend of the show uh so a little nice commemoration to uh mike leach so make sure to you get yourself one and also get 10 percent off when you use SGPNBA. nba all right, gentlemen, let's get over to the third game on the schedule. In uh, sorry, for tomorrow on Saturday. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. They are in South Beach. Take on the Miami Heat. This series is now one-to-one. Saw the game to victory by the Milwaukee Bucks. I do see Giannis is officially questionable for this game uh for game three we'll see if he plays or not uh, but currently right now uh currently seeing the line at five and a half with a total set at uh two twenty and two twenty and a half. Uh Delonte lead us off my man Bucks minus five and a half.
2: Yeah so I'm gonna take Miami. Uh, Miami's only been a home dog five times this year. Three and two ATS in those games. Now contrast to that the Bucks are 16 seven and three ATS as a row favorite. But like the Giannis thing kind of it's i don't know what to think about it like if he comes back how effective is he going to be and if he's out this number probably will close like closer to like two and a half three milwaukee now obviously miami wasn't going to shoot as good in game two as they did in game one and milwaukee's definitely not going to shoot as good as they did in game two and game three especially on the road so i think balance comes into fruition here um, I don't like Miami's rotation without Hero. So they're searching for that third score. Uh, so they're kind of having to collect, like, get a collective uh, effort from two or three guys to feel what Tyler Hero can do. But off the dribble and creating their own shots, they don't have just a lot of guys to be able to do that. Um, so they're going to be relying a lot on Jimmy Butler. I, I just don't know how effective Giannis is going to be. If he was a full goal, I would be on Milwaukee. But even when he came back, like, he didn't look Good at all now he has had what like four or five days to get right, but I think spo's gonna have something draw, uh, drawn up for uh Milwaukee definitely won't hit as many threes, so I like Miami to keep a slow pace grind out type of game and uh they'll keep it close I think they'll keep it close and maybe come out with a with a uh, outright
0: win I think that with or without Giannis, um I agree with my guy you capper, I think that um I still think the Bucks better. dominate. Yeah, I think they're just a better team. But no, they, are, the they point, are. They are. Yeah, but that's also the point that you made there, Delonte, is that for the, for the Miami Heat, that they're looking for that third scorer, right? Like, who's going to be that guy? Like, Bam has been – he's been okay this series. Jimmy Butler has really been having to carry this team on its back. But after Tyler Hero, it's like, okay, you're relying on one of these shooters like Gabe Vincent or Max Strews to step up. And it's not really that consistency where you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, even without Giannis on the floor, like, you know what you're going to get out of Drew Holiday. You know what you're going to get out of Chris Middleton. You know what you're going to get out of Brooke Lopez as well. And then you can, okay, you get a game from either a Grayson Allen or Pat Covington like they got in, in game two, right? So at least I know there's three guys that I can definitely rely on for the Milwaukee Bucks side, and that fourth guy is a shooter that I'm not having to, you know, stress out about or sweat over. So I just think the Milwaukee this Milwaukee team is better. I'm gonna lay the points here with the Bucks. I think I've been chalking all three games here so far, <laughs> but I just like Scott. I think Scott agrees that this Milwaukee Bucks team is just you know head and toe better than this Miami Heat team. Scott,
1: well, based on the trend that was going around for the last couple of days, which I know ended up. Uh, losing with the Suns based on the closing line. The opening line still got there for Phoenix, which is just pick the team to win the game. And if they win the yep. game, they're going to cover. I'm picking Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's winning in five. I, yep. I don't think Miami's a good basketball team. I've been criticizing them for a while. Uh, they've been playing faster to try to generate some offense because their offense is really, really bad in the half court. And we saw in game two, they can't stop Milwaukee. In fact, everybody on Milwaukee had a good game. So. I don't even know where you go from there, to be honest. Everybody on Milwaukee was very good offensively uh, in that game, too. I just think Milwaukee's better. I mean, they got the size in the interior with Lopez and with Portis. They have the shooting on the outside, whether it's Middleton, whether it's Holiday, also as a distributor. But Connaughton had a good game. Grayson Allen could shoot a little bit. They got a lot of options. Miami without Hero really doesn't have much. You got Vincent, you have uh, Struess uh besides them you're looking at duncan robinson shout out to him forgot he was still on the lake uh, who had hit like four threes in game two the point is i really really like milwaukee supporting cast a lot more than than uh than miami's so yeah. i've got to go with milwaukee I, I just don't think miami's a good basketball
0: team thoughts on the total scott 220 and a half
1: I think this game should be more low scoring than game two, which doesn't say much because that game had like 290 points. Uh, Exaggerating, but still. I'm going to go with the over here. I just think that Miami is fully set in stone on playing faster because they split going faster. So I don't Mm -hmm. see them slowing it into a crawl because I think think Milwaukee actually benefits the slower the game is because we've seen Miami's half-court offense. It's really not good. So I'm going to go with the over. Do you think Miami plays slower? Because I don't know why that would benefit them. At least if you play faster, you can argue three-point variance, maybe we pull off a win. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, I don't think they're going to shoot a lot of threes anyway. So I, I think they got to slow it down because they got to make the books, you know, play in the half court because they get out, start running, get transition threes. I don't think – I think it's going to be trouble. So I think it's correlated. I think if you like the books, you like the over. If you like the heat, you like the under. Simply because if the books get out and start rolling, they're hitting threes. Their defense is good enough to stop. I mean, Miami's offense. They got the second worst offense um, remaining in the playoffs. So, I mean, their offense isn't going to do anything. That's efficient. That's,
1: re- that's based on regular season numbers, right? Not playoffs.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's re- yeah. Okay. Just regular season. Yeah, regular season. I'm yeah, saying so I don't know the just...
1: playoff numbers in front of me, but I'm assuming Miami's actually decent in the playoffs so far yeah. because of... yeah,
2: because of that first game. Yeah, because of that first game.
1: Well, even the yeah. second game, they 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 got killed, but they still scored a decent amount of points. Yeah, that's yeah probably, they, they had obviously a big Brooklyn, fourth quarter, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, again, that was probably because they sought a lot of the main guys as well because they were up by, what, 20-plus points headed mm-hmm. into that fourth quarter. But, but I'm
1: assuming Miami's ahead of Brooklyn. They're probably ahead of oh, the yeah. Knicks and, and Cleveland. So they're probably yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Even, so I, I think Minnesota. they're going to keep playing faster because they can't score if they play slow.
0: Yeah, but I think they also have to rely on their three-point shooting as well, right? Because... Gabe Vincent, as I guy you, Kaeper, pointing out, that Gabe Vincent has been really good in this series as well. Um, Max Schultz, he you know we can, we know he can knock down the three-point shot as well. So um, let's get over to some player props then. Um, Scott, what do you like in this game?
1: Uh, for player props, for me, I'm going to stick with the Bucs. I'm going to go with Drew Holiday assists. I'm going to take the over there. He's yep. been really good with the ball in his hands, and he hasn't exactly needed to look for a shot that much. He's mostly been a great for general and that's what they need and whether Giannis plays or not I think Giannis would potentially take on less offensive responsibility because I doubt Milwaukee would want to use Giannis of compromised Giannis to the same degree of letting him just handle all of the responsibility I think as a result you'll see holiday have the ball in his hands a lot I like holiday assist
0: uh Delonte any player props yeah, so
2: I'm staying away from the Milwaukee stuff until I, I get a definite on Giannis because obviously those numbers are going to fluctuate. Uh, so I'm staying away from that, but I don't hate what Scott just, just said about, about Drew. Uh, I was on him last game. He had a pretty good game. But if Giannis is out, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be more aggressive as he was earlier. And, I mean, obviously those guys aren't going to hit a lot of those threes that they hit. I think they hit a playoff record, if I'm not mistaken, um, for the threes. I hit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but a I guy that... Was the,
1: I don't know if it was the full game record or it was just the
2: record through three quarters. Okay, but... maybe so. yeah, maybe right. So we were talking about those um, guys that were making up for Hero. So one of the guys that we didn't mention was Caleb Martin. I like him over nine and a half points. He's at 15 in game one and two. Played 25-plus minutes in both games also. So he's likely to be, you know, beneficiary of more minutes with Hero out and Spo not and Duncan Robinson or Oladipo at the time. And he shot the ball well in, in both games. So I think he has a, a pretty good game uh, with the more minutes. He should see about 28 to 30 minutes in this game. If they like if Spo does what I think he's going to do and just not play hero and play Oladipo in spurts, so I like him. over Caleb Martin over uh, nine and a half points.
0: Yeah, Caleb Martin has been uh, doing really well in the last two games for the Miami Heat. I agree with that uh, about that. Gabe Vincent as well. Um, he, um, you kept pointing it out in the chat. Uh, Vincent over PRA, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Milwaukee still gets it done um Vincent has been that guy since uh, Hero has been out yeah i mean the numbers are backing it up uh, for sure as well i agree with Scott 100% about Drew Holiday whether you want to take points and assists or just his assists alone i think uh, if uh Janis does end up playing i'll still take Drew Holiday's assists if he doesn't play probably look at his PRA or just uh, his points and assists cuz he's been crushing it without Giannis uh this season then i think he he flew over the number in game 2 without Giannis. Uh, playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. So those were the uh one main I was looking out for Drew holiday. Uh anything else for this game, guys? Nope.
1: That's not All for right, this game. I'm yeah. gonna point out that fingers crossed, Capella scored zero points in the third quarter. So sir, <laughs> we're on to the fourth. We're gonna see what happens. But yeah, we needed zero points in the second half. He scored Pick zero. The in the six third
0: for you? Oh he's 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 you're winning by the hook right now.
1: He's at 10. Yeah, I got 10. Oh, wow. Wow. So he scored zero points in the third quarter and they just benched him. So we'll see what happens. He's going to play the fourth. So I'm going to have to sweat it out, but whatever. We'll see what happens. All
0: right, guys, last game of the night. It's going to be game three between the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, They are headed to L.A. to take on the Lakers. Uh, Lakers currently sitting as a four point home favorite. Total is sitting at 220 and a half. Uh, John Moran is officially, uh, I think they said questionable or a game time decision for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. But as it stands right now, Lakers are laying four points at home. Delonte, lead us off with this game. Lakers minus four.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a must win for the Lakers. They, they have to win this game. Um, they should have won game two, but threw up on themselves. Uh, I blame mostly Darvin Ham for that because his rotations and how he's playing some of these guys. And
1: the well, when monster. you say should have won game two, do you just mean on paper? Because Memphis kind of just came out and smacked them
0: and they led basically the entire I game. think they just looked disinterested too. They did. Well, if you see, like in the third
2: quarter, was it the third? In the third quarter, they cut it to four. And, they had it down to
0: like four or five. Yeah, and,
2: and then LeBron like was uh, about to have an asthma attack. And so he had to get called off. <laughs> and so he leaves the game. And I think Bane hits a three, Kanara hits a three, timeout. They don't, for whatever reason, he doesn't bring LeBron back in. And then Tillman grabs like two rebounds, scores. Wait, so let me get so this straight. Kind of, you're
1: saying that you're saying they you pulled can't bring LeBron back, yeah. because of an
2: asthma attack, and you're complaining
1: they didn't pull LeBron back in the game? Like, I'm really confused right now. And what? Listen. He had to get in his in he
2: had to get his inhaler. Come on, man. Man, you gotta get two pumps and get back on the floor. you gotta win this game. They,
0: they, they could have been up 2-0, man. They could have been up 2 0. If, if I, Vellante I mean, ever becomes a coach, I would not want to play for Vellante. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gonna be a Nick nurse, your ass needs to be out there for 48 minutes. <laughs> hey, Tom Thibodeau, man. Tom Thibodeau. But the yeah, I mean, that, I, we're, we're
1: assuming that Jaw's not gonna play in this game, right?
2: Well, I'm assuming I that he is. You think he so. is? Think you he think he is? I, oh, you think well, he is? I was listening to I was listening to Chris Vernon who covers the Grizzlies and he was basically yeah. saying that um like he thinks he's gonna play it's a pain tolerance thing, so I don't think it can be further damaged. He was saying that if it's a pain tolerance like you they'll know, shoot him up, he'll he'll be good to go. Now how effective he is is a different story, but I mean that's probably the closest thing we got to a reporter in you know in Memphis that I've read. And he practiced today. So um I mean okay, obviously, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. he practiced today. So I mean obviously we don't know, you know what he did. I mean, he could have just been out there shooting free throws and not, you know, actually going through physical, you know, like drills or whatever, but it did say the reports did show that he practiced. So I'm assuming that he's going to go. I don't think he, I don't know how effective he'll be, but I think this is a home run spot for the Lakers. They gotta be more aggressive with LeBron. I think he's got to stop trying to take a backseat. We saw late in the fourth quarter, the first game, he was letting Austin Reeves and, um, and Rui do their thing. Rightfully so. Those guys were, were, were hot. And in game two, I think he kind of fell back into that more laid back, nonchalant attitude, sh- shooting a lot of threes. Half of his attempts have came from three for the most part. So he hasn't been aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and of course the Dylan Brooks comments, they they don't, which is kind of that.
1: ironic because he statistically had a
2: better game in game two than game one. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, man, uh, all things, all things considered, I think it's a perfect spot for the Lakers. Now, Usually, the Lakers don't show up in perfect spots as they did, as they didn't do uh, in game two. But I think back home, D will play better. Uh, some of those other guys will play better at home. Now, really, I'm not facing D over there. I, I do. Look, listen, I like D in this game. I'll get to that later, but I, I like him in this game. But I'm just concerned about Darvin Ham with, with his rotations because I, I just don't understand what he's doing. Malik Beasley should be playing way more minutes. I mean, Look, it's he, one
1: way to put it. He, he's a bad coach. I mean, that's just the simple way of putting it. I mean, small sample he's, he's not I, a I good coach. I mean. Yeah, I mean,
2: so I, I got to I gotta see a little bit more. But right, right now, like, I don't like what he's doing with the rotation. Like, I like the, the lineup of LeBron, Rui, and AD at the 3, 4, and 5 because they can switch everything. They can – I mean, LeBron can do pick and roll with AD or Rui, on the pick and roll with AD, Rui's gonna be open, which is how how he was open in game one to hit all those shots because they were having a double AD or blitz LeBron. So if they're blitzing him and doubling LeBron and doubling A D, somebody's gotta be open. And obviously Rui Rui was hitting the shots. But yeah, man, I, I like the Lakers here. Um they better win. They they it's a must win for them. I don't care if Jaws plays or not. But I don't know how effective he will be if he plays, but I don't think it matters. I think care Lakers for the total.
1: Role. I don't know if I care about for the side, but I care okay. about for the yeah, total that's, that's if he fair. plays or not.
0: But yeah, all of, all, all of that to say, I like the Lakers. Uh, Scott, side, if you have anything. Uh,
1: I, I think I have to lean to the Lakers. Truth is, I know we talk about LeBron potentially dropping 40 on Brooks's head. Their entire success comes down to Anthony Davis. Yeah. He got punked by Xavier Tillman.
0: Mm hmm.
1: But like, can, we, can we point that out? Like Tillman just dropped 20 and 13 or 22 and 13 on his head, and ADE looked 20, completely 20, 20, disinterested yeah. the entire game. So, mm-hmm. yes, LeBron could have a big game against Brooks and nobody would be shocked. But I got to at least point out that a lot of the success for this team or lack thereof comes down to the overall engagement offensively of Anthony Davis. And defensively, we know he's great. I'm all over Anthony Davis blocks. He had, what, yeah. five blocks and two quarters in game two? He had seven blocks in game one. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just blindly going to take Anthony Davis blocks. But offensively, he was very good in game one, and it was the story of the regular season. For every one great game or good game that he has, he has about three bad games. That's basically the ratio, maybe two to one. But the point is, if the Lakers plan on winning the series – I know you can make an argument that LeBron could find a way and maybe Reeves has a big game and they have some pieces that could step up. They really need Anthony Davis to dominate because Jaron Jackson's actually been pretty solid offensively in the series. And once again, Tillman dropped 20 points in a game. Like I, I have to call it Anthony Davis there because you can't be that good in game one and that bad in game two and not expect me to call you out on your effort. That was solely an effort issue. There was no aggression. It seemed like he was zoned out the entire game offensively. It happens to him all the time. It doesn't really make any sense, but I got to bring it up because AD needs to have a good game if the Lakers are going to consistently cover spreads in this series because Mm. he means so much to what they want to do. And LeBron, for better or worse, he has been a little bit more passive because he knows AD has the ability to go for – 40 plus points with getting his opponents in foul trouble. There's a lot of upside to getting AD going. And LeBron is not afraid to take more of a back seat and observe more than in previous years.
0: So, which side are you playing again?
1: I'm going to go with the Lakers because I think <laughs> AD plays better.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, it's just, again, God's going by looking at the body language in game two. Um, I think the Lakers were just content getting that split. Let's go back home. We have two games at home and let's see. Let's try to get both those games at home. I think that may have been the mentality for them, but yeah, you're right. They just, I think Anthony Davis looked uh, disengaged. You know, LeBron was a little bit more passive despite him. I think he led the team in scoring in game two, um, but you got, I think it's come down to supporting castes. As that we talked about it in game one. They were able to get 71 points from Austin Reeves, Rui Achimura and D'Lo. Now I'm not saying that they need to get 71 points in game three at home. But getting those contributions takes a lot of pressure off of guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I understand that they're superstar players and stars are supposed to shine in the playoffs. But again, you're supporting Cassie to also provide that help as well. So yeah. I think that yeah, I think AD will have a great game in this uh, in the, in this in game, game Three. Um, I think LeBron will come out motivated. If I was Austin Reeves, I, I would pull a Julian Edelman and just keep calling him old, like he was doing <laughs> to Tom Brady. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. I think LeBron has a fantastic game here on in the late night game on Saturday night. So, um, I like the Lakers here. I think it's going to be a zigzag theory kind of type of series here. Um, you're back home. The crowd should be, uh, you know, amped. Uh, the stars will be out for sure. Um, and I, I think Shannon that is Sharp? Shannon. Yeah, Shannon Sharp will be in the building. I will, I will be is shocked. That, is that is official
1: that, or that's speculation? I'm pretty speculation. sure he'll be there. Oh, he, he should well, be, there. be there either.
0: Yeah, he should be there. Um, but yeah, again, I think this is a good spot for the Lakers at minus four total. Scott, I know you said you uh prefer to play on the total here, but what do you got? 220
1: and a half. Uh, it comes down to job. Ja. If job ja plays him on the over, if job ja doesn't play him on the under, because okay. Memphis has to play a lot uglier. With Jaw out of the lineup, but defensively they're really good. The problem is with Jaw is that, and it's why some people, maybe myself included, think they might be better off without Jaw in certain oh, situations. Wait a, minute, wait a minute! What's
2: going on here? Wait, the hell is going on? Better without him?
1: Uh, I think the record speaks for itself. I'll put it that way. I, 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 mean, I think, I'll put it's it a this tough, way:
2: it's a, for a superstar
1: player. Memphis has a lot more success without him than other teams do when their superstars out.
2: So you think they're a two seed if Jaws no. on if on the on the Pistons he's a he, there's a two seed as constructed uh, the, the Grizzlies I think that they're probably like a four or a five. Once again, so I think Jaw
1: is a great regular season player, but in the playoffs his defense gets exposed all the time, which is why I have to point out Jaw being out is why I like the under because defensively I think they will yeah. look really good. The pace is going to be hideous, but if Jaw plays, they're going to try to play faster, and Jaw can't really guard anybody. So I like Reeves props if Jaws going to play. I mean, that was the story of game one. LeBron stood in the corner for the entire fourth quarter and Reeves and AD picked and rolled the team to death. I, 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 I'm not saying that Jaws like an overrated player, but I'm at least pointing out that defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. And in playoff basketball, you kind of need your players, especially superstars, to buy in on both ends. Yep, I agree. I, I, don't, I don't think he buys in on both ends. It's not Trey Young bad, but it's not good.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can, yeah. I, I agree.
1: Is that a hot take, uh, Lante? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or no?
2: Well, that, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing with with his defensive like prowess or anything because I don't think he is. I just don't think he tries that much. I mean, he gambles a lot simply because you got Jaron Jackson Jr. on the back. That's backhand, the point, so though. Like- he's, he's not. It's a playoff
1: series. Like yeah. you have to try on defense. Like I, I, I don't understand. It's like yeah, he could be. A- it's like what they hear about Anthony Edwards. He's a very good defensive player. When he tries, that that's great. You're in, you're in a playoff yeah. series. Can, can you try <laughs> yeah, to play defense? Yeah, well, what does that even mean? I think Edwards is a good defensive player, but why would you not try to be good in the defense all the time in must-win games? Yeah, like, I, I don't understand it. Jaw's a bad defensive player. It
2: is what it is. Yeah, yeah that's true.
0: Uh, let's get to some player props, guys. Uh, Delonte, lead us off. Any player props you like in this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about D'Lo earlier, so I, I think two props are correlated. I think him over fifteen and a half points and Austin Reeves over four and a half assists. So what I'm hoping Ham does is he takes, he sees how bad he sees how bad D'Lo has been. On the ball, and he takes him off the ball and turns him into more of a combo guard, which is technically what he is. He's not a point guard. He just can pass a little bit better than an actual combo guards. But so. hang,
1: hang on a second, you're expecting Darvin Ham to make an actual adjustment? Hang on right. a second, what? <laughs> after hey, all, you just shit it all, all you like, roasted rotations? him for?
2: Listen, listen, I mean, but this this is ob- this is obvious. Like, if I mean, it's obvious to us. Yeah, I thought the Clippers should been playing smaller, and it took Ty Luth three games. <laughs> that's, true. that's true maybe I got too much There's faith something
0: there. in the LA water that's just what yeah. it
2: is maybe, maybe I got but my, my thing is what I'm thinking is is that LeBron is a little bit more aggressive and with LeBron being a little more aggressive the ball will be out of D'Lo's hands and more so in Austin Reeves hands which where he's where he's better at in the pick and roll him in AD's pick and roll is I think among like the top 10 and points per, per points per pick and roll uh, in this postseason so I think that D'Lo has a good shooting night and yeah. they take him They take him off the ball. So I like Austin Reeves over four and a half assists. It's that plus money. You can get like 120, 130 if you shop around. And d over
0: 15 and a half points. Uh, Scott, player props.
1: Anthony Davis blocks. Yeah. Just just give, it. <laughs> yeah. just give it to me. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, Just give me the over on blocks. Do I think Tillman has a really bad game because AD takes it personally that he got punked by Xavier Tillman? I, I got to see what those props are going to be for Tillman, but I'm keeping an eye on him. Maybe a sneaky double-double play. I don't know how sneaky it is because he just had one, but I'm thinking about it. What else do I like? I mean, if if Jaws out, give me the Tyus Jones assist. That's just a given. Yeah. I, if Jaws out. A lot of the props for Memphis, though, were up in the air because I really need to see who's playing their starting point guard. So yeah. I got to wait and see. Like, Kennard threes, I don't mind. He got a decent amount of run last game. Bain has really not shot the ball well. Uh, But the volume is there, so Mm -hmm. he can make an argument for him. But I like LeBron points. I'm hoping that he has one of those games where he just shuts up Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks is going to be calling to guard him, even though LeBron's numbers against Brooks as the the primary defender are phenomenal. LeBron's cooked him on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. So I like LeBron props as well. I'm hoping Anthony Davis shows up offensively, but I just can't fully trust him. So I think my main props are going to be Anthony Davis blocks – I like Reeves' assists if Ja plays, and if Ja doesn't play, I'll take Tyus Jones' assists. And Kennard threes I'm tempted by.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you with Anthony Davis. I think that's an automatic play on the over for his blocks. I mean, he's just been a monster, at least blocking shots in the first it's two It's going to be like a
1: juice two and a half, but once again, he's had five in the first half of like each of the first two games.
2: I play four and get like plus money. You can yeah. probably get even yeah. money on four. Three and half, maybe you can take plus steals and
1: blocks if you want to try to – because you can get some steals every now and then too.
0: Yep. Uh, anything else for this game, guys? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, we can revisit the Joel Embiid news that we did get. So he's officially ruled out um, four game uh, four here. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the updated number.
2: Uh, I see two, two and a half. Okay. You see a two Philly. and a half? I say two, two and a half. Philly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Philly. Um, Nothing changed about my initial thought. You can make an argument, actually, that Philly might be better off without him for this game because Embiid really couldn't move the entire Mm. game, and the Nets were still doubling. I get the spacing for three-point shooters definitely helped out, but once again, Embiid had like 10 points halfway through the fourth quarter, and we've seen Philly before without Embiid I'm not saying they're better without him, but we've seen them play well in regular season games when Embiid's out of the lineup. They use Paul Reed more. They're not afraid to experiment with the lineups more. Once again, it doesn't change the fact that the Nets can't score. And we've seen them without Embiid on the court, and their defense is still solid. Like I think that they're just a good defensive team, and the Nets, once again, just don't have offensive talent. So I'm still going to lean to Philly. They might play faster. They can afford to get away with more stuff offensively, Philly. They can be creative with it. Because they don't have to worry about Embiid lumbering his way down the court.
2: Yeah, Embiid's overrated defender anyway, to be honest with you.
1: I no. think he's highly overrated defensively. Yeah, but he, he, I've stated that publicly because people – I mean, I think, he's, I think he's better than Jokic defensively. But Embiid will yeah, be so the we'll kind go. of guy who will have one huge block. Like, for example, the game – in game three, he had a massive block at the end of the game. He also gave up roughly 18 points to Nick Claxton. But, you know, that's a separate story that nobody's talking about. Yeah,
2: I don't get why. My my thing was with the Nets was why don't they put him in more pick and rolls? Like, I would try to go small and put him in so many pick and rolls that he has to to defend, like on the perimeter. Like, I would just put him in so many pick and rolls that make his head spin, which is why they usually don't match up well with the Celtics is because the Celtics put him in – they'll take Robert Williams off the floor. And they space him out. They'll play small ball and they'll space him out, and they'll play him off the floor. He'll, he'll have to defend somebody, and like, they're going to make him run exactly. Like, Embiid can't move.
1: You should make him run, but now they can't even do that. So I still like Philly. Can anyone on on this team guard Maxi? No. Could anyone guard Harden for three and a half quarters yesterday? No. Like they can't rebound. Pete Tucker's <clears clears throat> <time's throat> been killing them on the boards the entire series. They can't that's rebound. Right. Yeah, that's I, gonna, I, I, I think was going to mention there, that.
0: Too. Like you, I'm wait, I don't see Paul Reed numbers posted yet. I think this this might be the game we see the double-double for him. He'll, he'll more than likely get the start. Uh, P.J. Tucker rebounds are at five and a half. I want to see what he's – I mean, he's been killing it on the – Killing uh, it. Chilling on the it. offensive rebounding perspective. Uh, let me – the story just, of the
1: game for the Nets. They got a couple of yep. stops in a couple of minutes. They just couldn't get a rebound.
0: Yeah, he's at seven or more in all three games. That number's at five and a half right now. Uh, seven, eight, and eight for uh, P.J. Tucker. Um, all right, guys. Anything else for Sixers uh, Nets? Yeah, I might look at the over in I think I'm waiting the to the MVP over help. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still like yeah. 208, 208 and a half. That number hasn't moved. Philly
1: mm. has to play faster now, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's get a maxi thirty like thirty thirty five point game.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I think Harden. I think Sean brought it up earlier in the chat. I think Harden triple double might be worth something too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How's he doing rebound
1: about. wise in this series? I haven't really kept tabs on that. Uh, let me see. As far as I know, I don't think he's done much rebound in the
0: basketball. Uh, no, he's only had four five and five. This just haven't really been That's what I thought okay. for him. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take a little sprinkle of some, some,
2: uh, some beer money on it.
0: All right, guys, let's close it out strong here. Let's get over to our lock and dog for the Saturday games. Uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off my man? Lock and dog.
2: Yeah, the lock, I'm going with the Lakers. We literally just talked about it, going with them laying the four. Uh, obviously, I I would actually split it up and do the trifecta, first quarter, first half, full game. Uh, no matter if Jaws in or not, I think the Lakers should be able to control the pace, control um, Jaron Jackson a little bit more at home, but get him in foul trouble. He He's had foul trouble in every game he's played against the Lakers. So if they get him in foul trouble, AD should be able to dominate even more. Don't expect Spencer Tillman, I mean, not Spencer, <laughs> Xavier Tillman to uh, play that big of a game either. So I like the Lakers uh, laying the four. Um, as for the dog, I'm going to go with Miami. Uh, it's pr- pretty much contrarian, uh, but I like Miami. I think they're going to, I think they're going to keep it close at home. I don't think the books will shoot that well. Now, obviously, I don't think Miami will shoot that well either. But I think Spo will have something drew, uh, drew up for uh, for the books, whether it's shorthanded or
0: hobbled Giannis. So. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got, lock and dog?
1: So for my lock, I'm going to go with Philly. Um, nothing's really changed. In fact, I might even like Philly more in this spot because Embiid, if he was compromised, I think he would have been more of a liability than anything. But now they're going to play faster. The Nets can't rebound. Paul Reed has killed this team also regularly, and PJ mm-hmm. Tucker has been great on the boards. They can't guard Maxi. They can't score. I like Philly minus two and a half. I think they. Uh, I think they don't play with their meat. I think that uh, Philly wins the, uh, the game. I don't know if you saw that quote.
0: Yeah, I saw yeah, it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Cool. So I, I'm gonna I, go Philly I, minus two I didn't and see, a half uh, for your dog.
1: Uh, My dog, I'm going to go with Drew Holiday, 10-plus assists, Uh, just quickly pulling up what the odds are on that. But I do like it a lot. I think at the end of the day, when you're going to try to – whether Giannis plays or not, Holiday's been so good with the ball in his hands with his decision-making in the series so far that I think I just have to take it blindly because, once again, he's been so good. I don't have odds on it, though. It's going to be plus money. I highly doubt they're going to have Holiday at 9.5. It'll probably be closer to, like, 8.5. So it might be like plus 130, something like that, but I'm speculating. Give me Holiday over for assists. I just love the way that he's played in this series so far. And in the first two games, he's had 11 assists, 16 assists. Even the regular season games, he's had 10-plus assists in four straight. So give me Holiday 10-plus assists.
0: All right. Um, All right, for my lock, um, I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the Phoenix Phoenix Suns team total over.
1: Uh, Okay. In hindsight, I could have gone for like a Booker 40 piece or a Durant 40 piece, but yeah, that's fine. Uh,
0: I don't see a number on that, but just doing the math. It's 112. Should be around 116. Yeah. Yeah around there 116 yeah. 117 probably for yeah, so. um i'll
1: phoenix tell you what, i'm not taking the under <laughs> i'll tell you yeah. that much i'm not gonna take, I'll the, take the
0: over for the phoenix suns team total um they've scored a minimum of 115 in each game um and again i think 120 120 plus in game two and three so i think again devin booger kevin drank gonna get it whatever they want in this game so i will go with that as my log for my dog Anthony Davis blocks over three and a half, plus 145. I think that, again, this might be an opportunity where he gets it done by halftime. Um, if you want to play steals and blocks combined at four and a half at plus 110, but I think it's more about him getting the block shots um, against the Memphis Grizzlies like he has in the first two games, seven blocks and five blocks. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Saturday schedule. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: I'm happy we're recording this during the first quarter of the Knicks game because there's 32 points with a minute to go in the quarter. So I'm just happy that uh, I didn't have to watch any of that. But, yeah, looking <laughs> forward to the games on Saturday. should be fun. And hopefully we catch some props. I hope Capella doesn't score any more points.
0: <laughs> That's where I stand. Uh, Delonte, anything else, my man?
2: Nah, man, I'm good. Uh, felt good to get back with you guys. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting some winners, hopefully. So
0: let's get it. Yeah, guys, uh, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. If you haven't already, smash that like button for us if you're watching live. Uh, and then also make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on our YouTube uh, channel here. Make sure to follow Delonte on Twitter at XXLonteXX. Follow Scott on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, We're we'll back in some form or fashion for the Sunday games. Till then... Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.